You've tamed the voices in your head. You've put your courage to the test. Laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before. Your heart is full and wanting more. Your future's at the door. Give it all you got. No hesitating. You've been waiting. Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Channel. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Entrepreneur's Channel's podcast, and I'm really happy to welcome you on this second episode. And I've talked about me and my profile. We now have work to do. I mean, work for you and your business. The first lesson I want to talk about is how you should approach entrepreneurship and the first steps for a new entrepreneur. When starting a business, very often I notice that new entrepreneurs, especially the the younger ones, but not only, have the right ideas about what they should do and how they should do it, but they don't know the best order to do things and the real priorities. The typical mistake I see is the entrepreneur who wants to hire a lawyer before even thinking about the business model and drafting a proper business plan. You know the type of guy who says, "Oh, I want to start a business, so let's incorporate an LLC or a corp. Can you do it for me?" I know it may sound weird、uh, unless you really know lawyers and you know that we usually are ethical people, believe it or not. But I always decline, and most of the time, it's the moment in the initial free consultation when I tell the client, "Okay, let me stop you here and give you a piece of advice." Focus on your real priorities and build up a viable business plan. Then you can come back and we can discuss about that LLC or corporation of yours. The essential idea is: where is the point in incorporating a business entity when you have no business yet, and when you're not even sure whether your idea is viable and will make a profit? Incorporating a business entity or even filing to be self-employed in some jurisdictions starts the ticking clock of mandatory filings, taxes, licenses, etc. Unless you're some sort of ultra high net worth individual, you don't have enough money to waste it on such pointless expenses. And even if you're an ultra high net worth individual, you most likely don't want to waste your money. I'm saying because I do have a couple of these clients, and I know they are very cautious about expenses. One doesn't become wealthy by spending without thinking. So the first step in the process of launching a business is thinking about your idea, researching your idea, making the due diligence work to determine whether you have a market and how this market will react to your product or service. The ideal option, of course, is to have the means to afford a specialized firm to perform a market analysis and research work on your behalf, involving surveys, interviews with consumers or prospective business clients, whether you're targeting B2B or B2C markets. But not everyone, or actually, I should rather say, very few people, can afford Gartner or a similar specialized firm, and the cost of it is anyway very often not justified at such an early stage. So, how can you do it? Well, I believe from experience that the best option is to get in touch with your potential market and try to gather information about their needs. And also, but without disclosing too much about your idea, as you don't want it to be stolen, and, and、uh, having a proper NDA signed with everyone you talk to, and possibly having to enforce it 
is probably disproportionate and not realistic. But your goal must be to assess how those potential clients approach your idea or the type of issues you're offering to solve. Let's take an example. Let's say that you found that in your area, a certain elderly community is reluctant to pay with credit cards, but is regularly being robbed for cash, and you found an innovative technology that you could implement in a device that those people are necessarily carrying all the time, for instance, a healthcare device. So you need to assess whether the clients would be interested in using it for paying their groceries, but more importantly, you must know whether local stores and shops are willing to accept that method of payment, because otherwise your idea is worthless. You have a fantastic technology, but no one to use it. So as I said before, at this stage, you should not think about incorporating a business entity. You should rather check whether your clients, both the consumers and the merchants, see any value in it. In my career, I have seen so many entrepreneurs having fantastic ideas, but they usually they were engineers and they had those fantastic ideas in mind. They wanted to create something that was technologically fantastic, but commercially not viable. And that was a pity because the way they approached the product originally could have worked had they done the proper due diligence work in the first place. So at the first step, you could approach the community in a direct manner by asking them directly questions about their methods of payment and how they enjoy paying their groceries. Not sure whether people will like answering such questions to a stranger, but then you should rely on your network trying to maintain a chain of trust between the persons asking questions and those answering them. Instead of asking directly someone out of the blue in the street, try to find elder people who, you know who trust you and explain to them what you're trying to achieve and have them ask to five people each and each person asks five others in return. With two points of entry, if everyone answers, you already have over 60 answers to your homemade survey, which is a good starting point. Now, what do you ask those people? Obviously, don't disclose your idea. Rather, try to understand whether they are concerned with the risks involved in holding cash, whether they have reasons you didn't think of for not using credit cards, which might also impact your idea, whether they always carry their healthcare device, and so on. On the merchant's side, you would have to determine whether your solution brings value to them. Let's face it, when Visa, MasterCard or Amex start a new product, they don't really have to push very hard on the merchants as long as the consumer find value in it. Once the new payment method is available and consumers ask merchants to use it, it's a no-brainer for merchants. They have to accept it. It's like Apple Pay, the power of Apple is sufficient to make it work. But here, you're a disruptor, you are not an established company with a strong consumer base that will push the product on the merchants. You have to find value for the merchants in accepting your product. So the purpose of this market analysis that you are performing could be to determine where the value would be for the merchants. If this community of consumers are reluctant to pay by card and their only choice is to pay cash, merchants may have the same security issue and maybe they would be very happy to welcome your payment method in their stores. 
once you have collected all that information and if your conclusion is that you indeed have not only a great idea but a great and viable idea, then you can start thinking about hiring professionals. And here a lawyer may be useful if you have the means to afford it. Because a lawyer will think about things that are out of your scope. To keep working on our hypothetical, I would probably raise some issues like licensing and other regulatory requirements for payment technology, standards for payment system security like PCI DSS which apply to payment with credit cards issued by brands from the PCI consortium but most likely there would be some credit card linked to the device. And I would also mention privacy laws. What about the healthcare device? How do you interact with that device? Which type of device are we talking about? Does it fall within the scope of HIPAA, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996? And what about data security under Section 5 of the Federal Trade Commission Act? You see, there are lots of questions that may arise at this stage and addressing them earlier is easier than later. But the amount of time and money you can spend on that compliance aspect of your idea depends, of course, on your budget. Sometimes you just have the means to start and you have to postpone some less critical compliance aspects, even though it usually means a higher cost for compliance work down the road. Also, a good lawyer specialized in this field will not only raise the issues and ask questions, a good lawyer will help you answer those questions and make sure that you start your business knowing which risks you're likely to face. So when you start your business, focus on your priorities and do not underestimate the value of getting to know your market, your business model and having a viable business plan. You are the entrepreneur, you define the what in your business idea so you have to research it diligently. We, lawyers, can help you define the how in launching that business idea. I hope you enjoyed your time with this second episode of the Entrepreneur's Channel and I look forward to talking with you for our third episode next week. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe for free to the Substack website of the Entrepreneur's Channel at www.theentrepreneurschannel.com. You will receive the newsletter directly in your inbox, get access to all archives of the newsletter for free and even get a notification when a new episode of the podcast is released. And if you have any questions or comments, please get in touch via the chat section of the website. Thank you and talk to you soon. This is your
just to win. It's where your life begins.